Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio. We're today going to be on show number 469, which is pretty mind-boggling actually to think that we're that far down the track and we've been doing this for so many years. Um, So um, today's topic is uh, we're going to be exploring appreciation in the workplace. Um, So I should probably kick off by just a little bit of appreciation and a big thank you to everyone who has contributed to all 468 of our radio shows so far, uh, to my co-hosts, Joe Dodds, who Joe's been here since the very, very beginning, and our more recent co-host, um, Andy Gorham. Um, so a big thank you to them, um, and particularly a big thank you to those many regular listeners, uh, regular downloaders, and regular sharers of our Engage with Success radio content. And I know that today's guest, actually, is a, is a returning guest, so that's always good, and I'll be introducing her to you in a moment. But for those of you who are relatively new to Engage for Success. By way of an introduction, we are a not-for-profit movement. We are the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. And we are raising awareness, running events through our area networks around the country, and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies, shining a light on great practice. And for those who were at last week's virtual event, um, beginning to develop some really current and new and topical insights into the state of engagement in the UK at the moment. Um, And uh, if you want to know more about that, then um, please um, have a look on our website where you're going to find that information published very soon. So um, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter at our website, which is engageforsuccess.org. I'm Jo Moffat. Um, I'm one of the regular hosts, along with the other Jo and Andy, who I've already mentioned. Um, but I have a day job, as we all do at Engage for Success. We are all volunteers. Uh, my day job is Managing Director and Founder of Woodread, which is a specialist creative agency where we use the tools, the techniques, and the insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world help our clients create great places to work, high-performing cultures of engaged employees. So to today's topic and today's special guest, which is a big welcome and a welcome back to Deborah Corey. Uh, Deborah is author of See It, Say It, Appreciate It, amongst other titles, uh, which we'll we'll come on to in a moment. She's a highly experienced and award-winning HR consultant, a world-class speaker, and five-time best-selling author. And she's been named just one of the top 101 global employee engagement influencers and HR most influential thinkers. Um, So I'm going to introduce Deborah, ask her to tell us a little bit about herself in a moment. And today's focus is very much on showing appreciation through recognition. And we're going to be exploring that. And we're going to be particularly exploring it uh, from the standpoint of the line manager, the people leader, the team leader. Um, Because almost all of us um, who will be listening to this show probably have got some responsibility for the people uh, whether they be our own, in our own teams or developing programs and developing learning and training to encourage people who have people in their teams to do it better. So very broad application. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you so much for having me uh, be a part of it again. Oh, it's, it's lovely to have you back. I'm, I'm trying to think when it, it was. It's probably a good 18 months or so ago, I think, when you were last on, isn't it? 
I think it was probably two books ago. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we mark we mark your presence on the radio show by your publication date. So uh, excellent. Absolutely. Well, as I said, we're going to be focusing on one of them in a, in a moment. Um, but let. Would you just give our listeners a little bit of an introduction, a little bit of an overview to you and, and your background, Deborah? Sure. So I've been in HR my entire career, which is well over 20 years. Um, and I started out working in corporate roles, a variety of different global organizations, pretty much most, most industries I've worked in, from retail to, to roller coasters to technology. And about three years ago, I decided to take a step away and focus more on writing my books, which is why I've been able to do two in one year and uh, doing things, as you mentioned, through consulting and speaking. And, and my title is Chief Pay It Forward Officer. So everything I do really aligns with that concept of paying it forward by helping others do the best that they can do, either as an HR or a leader or um, as employees ourselves. Excellent. Lovely. And I love that job title. It's, um, it's great. And it kind of does set, says it all, really, because when we were talking off air um, just before the show, you were talking about encouraging um, your readers of your books to literally just sort of rake the content out and apply it in their own, in their own um, roles and in their own organizations. So it's very much a distillation um, and I guess also an evolution of your experience over 20 plus years, isn't it? It's because um, you know no, nothing stands still, does it? No, absolutely. And it's interesting because my first book I wrote basically was all the things I had done wrong, so that other people—that was my first pay it forward. Okay, this is what I've done wrong. Now let me show, tell you what I've done right, and really just to help people, you know, set them up for success. So I continue to do that because I think we learn from when things don't go well. Uh, those learning moments, and then also paying it forward through giving people tools and tips and inspiration. And I'm, I'm a big storyteller, so um, every time I, I write a book or I do a talk, I share probably the same as you, lots of examples and stories to bring it to life. Yeah, lovely. Good. Excellent. So um, two books this year. Um, yeah, so we're going <laughs> to be focusing on, yeah, we're gonna be focusing on, on the Manager's Guide to Employee Recognition, uh, which is called See It, Say It, Appreciate It. Um, but what's the, what's the other one? What's been the second book of 2022? So actually, the first book that I wrote that came out in March is called Appreciate It, the playbook for employee recognition. And that was more about a model and stories and examples and tips to help HR develop your formal recognition programs. But what I realized surprise, surprise, is that we need our managers on board to be able to take it to the next level. And I was, I was out doing manager workshops, and they wanted to buy my book. I'm like, it's not the right book for you. So I locked myself up for about two or three months. And this is really my gift to either managers or HR to be able to help our managers really own recognition, both formal and informal, so that they can really make sure that you get this culture of appreciation. Excellent. Okay. Well, look. Let's um, let's let's begin um, as all good people should. I think by by defining our terms. I mean, what do we we we, we use the word recognition, but we're also using the word appreciation. Um, appreciation in the workplace is the title of today's show, and it's the recurring word in both of those books' titles. So, um, can you just define for us what you mean by appreciation and and recognition, Deborah? 
Sure. And, and let me just say up front that um, I'm one of those people who I, I have my way of defining it, but I don't want to say that it's the only way, because if you talk to 10 other people, they're going to define it differently. But mm-hmm. I have a really straightforward approach. Um, to me, recognition is the action and appreciation is the feeling. So if you recognize someone, and we'll be talking about all the different ways that you do it, you're showing appreciation. And that's how your person feels at the end. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, they do cross over. You know, it's not black and white in the world. So, um, but if you needed, you know, something really straightforward, I'd say that's how I would define it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, okay, so so to me, as somebody who is very much kind of come to the world in which I um, specialize now from the advertising and marketing world and brands, um, there it, we very much talk about brands having the power to engage people on an emotional level. And mm-hmm. that emotional level um, is is very powerful uh, at driving behaviour. I think you know four times more powerful than kind of rational uh, engagement to drive behaviour change. And when we write creative briefs, we always talk about what do you want people to think, feel, and do. So that whole that ties in very much with what you're saying, doesn't it? Appreciation is the feeling. And I know you've got that lovely Maya Angelou quote in your book, haven't you? That people will, well, they 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 may forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Absolutely. And recognition is the verb. The recognition is the doing, and the appreciation is the feeling that comes about as a result of doing that, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple of things that I'm absolutely passionate about changing about the way people such as myself. It's great because I'm one of the people out there developing programs. So when I question and challenge, I'm challenging what I've been doing for years. And I think too often we, we get hung up on the action and we forget about the feeling and we think about um, why it might not be working in our organizations. Um, and a lot of it is because we're not focusing on that feeling. We're not thinking about when we recognize someone, how are they going to feel at the end? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we really need to sort of shift our focus and think about this is a feeling now let's deliver recognition in a way that will deliver that feeling yeah 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 that's I I think that's right and but it's also interesting isn't it and I wonder what your take on this would be that if we're talking about devising programs and creating programs there is a risk that people kind of see that as a a one and done thing you know I've developed the program I can, I, that was one of my objectives I can tick that box I've, I've done my job whereas really what we have to do is create a culture of recognition in an organization and that's really probably where the book we're going to be focusing on today is so crucially important because it it needs it's the it's the playbook for creating a broader culture of recognition inside whatever shape or size organization you are the kind of what's it like around here Yeah, I think what we need to do is we need to change from a one-dimensional approach to a multi-dimensional approach, both in how we recognize people. So instead of just having one program, one formal program, there's lots of different formal and informal programs, and also a multi-dimensional in how we look for it. So often we think that the only time to recognize someone is they've finished this project or they've done this amazing thing and we're missing all these lovely moments that matter and these these moments where people are making a difference you know those smaller moments that have so much more of an impact um as as the big ones yes yeah absolutely absolutely so so let's let's kick off as um and talk a little bit about the why the, you know the, the 
why this sort of stuff matters. And I think you've got a you've got a really nice some really nice insights into the sort of the science and the maths behind why uh, uh, appreciation in the workplace or recognition matters. And could you share that with us, Deborah? Sure. And the great thing that I've seen over the years, and I'm sure many of us have seen it as well, is that recognition has gotten more emphasis because there has been more math and science. You know, when I started out 20 years ago, we did recognition because it felt good, but we didn't have the data behind it. And the great thing now is that there is so much data on the difference that recognition can make. As a matter of fact, um, I call them the 10 superpowers, anything from driving employee engagement driving belonging, trust, productivity, business results, retention. I mean, there's just so much really powerful data that shows the math behind why we need to not just do it, but why we need to do it right. And then the science, I love the science. Um, I've heard this a couple of times where um, the, the, the study of science has found that when you're recognized, these chemicals are released similar to the chemicals that are released when you eat chocolate that deliver happiness and they deliver that feeling of feeling valued and appreciated. So it really is the math and science of it. It's not just, let's just do it because it's a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. There's some solid neuroscience is what, really what you're talking about and the sort of the, all of, all of the things that go on in our brains that we can't really help. You know, they just happen and there are, there are default responses to certain things. Is that, is that really what you're talking about? Absolutely. And, you know, just think back to the last time that someone recognized you, either, you know, a big recognition or just a small thank you. And think about how it made you feel. I remember my husband told me once that he was he was recognized and he was like skipping down the hallway all, all, all week long because he just felt so great. And to me, that's the science. There's those chemicals being released. But then you think yeah. about what did he do differently as he was not just skipping down the hallway, but he was, I'm sure, much more productive. He was happier. He was more engaged. And the reason I share so much data in my books and every time I talk is, you know, there's lots of leaders and lots of people in our organizations who don't believe that it's important. And the more you could share the depth of the data, the more you'll find at least one thing that's important to them. So, you know, one leader, something like happiness might not be important to them. But when you Mm. share with them that people are going to be more productive or it's going to help retention. So the more data Mm. you can use, the more it's going to stick with that person and and bring them over to help create this, as you mentioned earlier, this culture of appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the contrary is true as well, isn't it? If you withhold appreciation or, in fact, become abusive or rude or aggressive, um, you actually the science shows that you actually turn people the other way and they can no longer collaborate, they can no longer think creatively, they become less effective team players and, and all of that. So there's some real negatives for not doing it or for, or for, or for doing, the, doing the opposite in a, in a very direct way. Yeah, absolutely. So not recognizing people causes huge problems. So, you know, one of the statistics is that 75, 80% of people who said that they left their job was because they weren't appreciated. But also, if you do it the wrong way, it's either not going to have the impact or to your point, it's going to have a negative impact. You know, if you've, if you've done something amazing, and this happened with my daughter once, she did something amazing and she waited all week for her manager to say something. He did nothing. 
that completely disengaged her. And actually, she ended up walking out the door. She's like, if he can't take five minutes to show appreciation in what I did to help these customers, I'm not sticking around here. And that's probably one of the rules we're going to come on to in a moment, which is around being timely. And, and in the moment, I, I think it's, you know, kind of a, a really important thing, isn't it? So, right. OK, so the science, the math, these superpowers. I love I love that <laughs> idea. Uh, you know, we all want to be superheroes, don't we? Uh, some of them Absolutely. Them. But, yeah, you know, let's, let, let's read your book and we can all learn how to be them. Um, so you, you talked about doing it right. So that leads very nicely, I think, on to my next question, which is, well, how do we do it? And I think you've got four golden rules, haven't you, Deborah? So do you want to share those with us? Sure. And in the context of the book for the managers, it relates to how they deliver recognition and the appreciation feeling. But you can use these same golden rules as you're developing your formal recognition program. So they'll work in both ways. So um, I, I call them the four things we must do. And they're the four golden rules. And the reason they're the four things we must do is each of the letters of the word must is a different rule. Because I don't know if you're like me, but your, your brain gets so busy and so full, you need something to make it easy to remember. So four things Absolutely. you must do. Yeah. <laughs> um, the M stands for making it meaningful. And mm-hmm. a couple different ways of looking at meaningful. Meaningful for the person. So not everybody likes to be recognized in the same way. You know, I had somebody help me with a presentation once, and I had her come on stage at the end of the presentation to recognize her. To her, she loved every minute of it, but somebody else, it would have been absolutely the worst nightmare. So what is going to make that person genuinely feel appreciated? But it also needs to be meaningful for the company. What are the things that you really want to drive? What behaviors? You know, everyone probably has company values. So, you know, great thing to recognize is living the company values, but making it meaningful for the business and the people. That's the first one. Yeah. And, and of course, that comes back to our engagement success uh, enablers of engagement, particularly the second enabler around line managers, team leaders, knowing their people and treating them as individuals and, and understanding that your your colleague was very happy to come up on the stage and, and share some of the glory and the limelight. And you knew that, so you did not put her through what would have been an absolutely tortured experience <laughs> for someone else. So it's yeah. really, really key, isn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, it's not just in recognition. It's everything in every way that you support your people as a manager. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so, and, and what does, what's the U stand for then, Deborah? So the U is about making it uniform and inclusive. Um, in a perfect uh-huh. world, I would have made it I, but miss doesn't have the same impact as, uh, as the word must. So <laughs> no, you, I think one you of the, missed the point. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so often what we do through recognition is we actually create the haves and the have-nots, or I call them the eye-rollers. So people who see the same people being recognized all the time over and over and over again. And it does nothing to support our diversity, inclusion, and belonging. And we really need to think about, I'm not saying every single time you need to recognize everyone, but if you've got five people in a team and they've all contributed in some way, why do you want to go this one person? Isn't there a way that you can recognize them, possibly in different ways if their contributions were different, but to make sure that you do not leave them out 
And when I was writing the book, I was a bit obsessed with MasterChef Australia. It's one of those cooking competitions. And so so I share some tips from how they do that. Because although you have a winner and a loser at the end of every, you know, competition, every um, challenge, there's so many other ways that people can be winners. So, you know, finding different ways to recognize people who have different types of jobs or maybe recognizing more people or, you know, there's so many other different ways, but just to, yeah. again, to make sure that you make it uniform and inclusive. But, but, but it's not about tokenism, is it? It's not absolutely about, oh, well, I'm going to have to recognize all of them, even that person who's really done absolutely nothing. No, no. But again, if, if, I mean, I remember once, and this is the perfect example of when it didn't work. I remember I must have spent months developing a presentation and got on stage, delivered the presentation, and then someone thanked, I think, all six of us. One, you know, two people had stood at the door and handed out flyers. Um, you know, one person probably spent a week preparing the presentation, and other people did other things. And it was this mm-hmm. one generic message to all of us: "Thank you so much for making this this event." work so well and although it was lovely it wasn't meaningful to me and I'm sure the other people felt a bit guilty it's like all I did was stand and hand out you know flyers I'm almost embarrassed that I'm being thanked (laughs) along with everyone else so we need to we need to think about that as well yeah yeah so it's, it's about being it's about being careful and intentional about what you do isn't it and considered to to make sure you do those things. Um, yeah, in, great way of putting it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, so we've done the M, meaningful. We've done uniform. Uh, what's the S? The S is about putting it under the spotlight, and you know we talked about superpowers of of recognition, and I almost call putting it under the spotlight crowd a crowdsourcing approach. So if you think about it, every single time you recognize someone, those chemicals are being released and all those superpowers are coming out. But if all of a sudden you put it um, and you share it socially, either through, I don't know, you might have a team call. Like my husband has a team call. He starts every team call out. Has anybody done anything that you want to recognize someone? Share a story of something that someone did to help a customer or a colleague. And by doing that, it doesn't just make that person feel great in the moment. It also multiplies it because all of a sudden you have other people jumping in and congratulating you. And it also helps the others because it's, a, it's almost like a, a training program, a development program, because they get to see what good or great looks like. So it's multiplying the impact, not just for the receiver, but for those of, of, those of us who are hearing what the person has done. So it's putting it yeah. into the spotlight and sharing yeah. it. And, and making, proving it's proving it's deliverable, proving it's realistic, proving that actually other people, and it, that plays to the whole behavioral economics principle of you know other people like you are doing this. Yeah, and you get to learn more about each other. It drives you know. No wonder recognition helps build a sense of belonging and 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 create stronger relationships by sharing it socially and getting it out there. It becomes more a part of the culture, but also we get to know each other better. Yes, yes. Does, does, uh, Deborah, does peer-to-peer recognition and appreciation come in under this, or is, uh, am I jumping the gun? No, absolutely, and there's actually data that shows the power of peer-to-peer recognition. And every time I do something with managers, I always say, you know, you can't expect to be everywhere and to see everything, because I always talk about how you have to put your recognition glasses on and you need to be looking for it everywhere. But if you don't yeah. have all of your colleagues out there looking 
No wonder we're going to miss all these amazing recognition moments. So absolutely, peer-to-peer is essential. And by having our managers do it, what it does is, like anything else, it role models that this is what we should be doing as employees as well. So I think that it's not just a manager, a leader who does it. Everyone needs to be a part of it. We all need to take responsibility for it. Yeah, yeah. You've answered one of my further down the line questions there with that one. <laughs> okay, so what what does the T mean on, on must then? And the T you mentioned before, that's about being timely. And again, one of the ah, big mistakes okay. that we do is we we get so busy sometimes or we design our programs where we might only do like, I don't know, the employee of the quarter or the employee of the year or the employee of even just the week. And if we don't capture it and recognize it in the moment or is it or at least as close to possible as the moment, we're really missing a lot of the impact. And also, the world moves so quickly, we'll forget it. I remember my co-author of my second book, he, he told me a story of how he was recognized for you know, employee of the year. He couldn't even remember what he had done. So it completely lost the impact by the end of the year. So, you know, yes, it's okay to do those types of programs, but also make sure that you're recognizing in the moment for what they've done and possibly challenging yourself to look, again, for more of those smaller moments. If you only wait for that big moment, then you're never going to drive this culture of appreciation. Yeah, yeah. No, I, think that's, I think that's absolutely, I think many of us listening would recognize what you're describing there, particularly, particularly those of us who've been around for a few decades. Because if you think back to things like, you know, the, the once-a-year once performance review, um, the number of times that people will probably re- remember either delivering them or being on the receiving end of them and realizing that actually the things people are talking about in them are the things that have only happened in the last two or three months, if that. You know, but, yes. but what did they deliver a year ago? Well, nobody can remember. Nobody wrote <laughs> it down at the time, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's nonsense, isn't it? But, I mean, it, luckily we've moved on from that in lots and lots of ways now. But um, yeah. We have, but people, but people still do. I think they wait too long. And, if, you know, one of the great things about recognition, I mentioned before, it, it helps us from a learning and development program. It helps us from a feedback perspective. I like to think of it as, you know, every time you get recognized, you're, you're almost like in a board game, and it's taking you one step further on that board because you've learned one more thing. So if you wait to give it to them, they're going to be stuck all the way at the beginning of the board game. Everyone else is going to pass them up and your business is going to lose out as well. Absolutely. No, that makes absolute sense. Is there, is there a generational thing in this, do you think, Deborah? I mean, are, are there are the, the, the younger generations coming up the line? Uh, this, this, people talk about the Gen Zs being hooked on the, on the high of the like, you know, the sort of the social media generation who constantly need recognition and appreciation whereas older folks such as me perhaps are quite happy with a well done once a year you know um do you do you have any any sense on of that in terms of your your ex- experience and, and knowledge around this topic yeah again i think there's different dimensions to it so absolutely you know if i think about my kids they were brought up in a world where it it was encouraged as parents and as teachers to recognize people. So it became a more of an expectation for them. Whereas, you know, as you said before, your generation, my generation, I don't think it was necessarily an expectation. So they might be looking for it more. But then I think a lot of the other nuances, and this is the other dimensions, is our personality as well. You know, some people I know who, you know, might be in a younger generation, they just don't like it. So yes, they might have been brought up with it. 
but it doesn't mean anything to them. It's not something mm. that they they desire, that they crave, that they need. Whereas, you know, if I just compare my, my son and my daughter who are only a year apart, my daughter craves recognition. She craves appreciation. My son could care less. That being said, he won an employee of the month and he was over the moon. Uh, but it's, it's yeah. you know, so I think there's lots of different things that, um, you know, that, that come to play. Listen, we've only got two minutes left. This is, I told you we were going to have so much to talk about. We're never <laughs> going to get it all done. Literally, just under two minutes. So let's, let's quickly wrap up. Um, I'd like you to, to um, answer me this. So your book, See It, Say It, Appreciate It. There's an exclamation mark at the end of the appreciate it. And I know you've got a, that was done very intentionally. Tell us why. Well, when I was talking about the book and describing with people, people were telling me about the passion I had in my voice. And I said, it's just like an exclamation point. You need to put that exclamation point at the end of recognition so that you deliver that appreciation feeling. And if you think about the difference of a word or a phrase with an exclamation point and one without one, there's a completely different feeling. So if every time you think about how can I get that exclamation appreciation feeling, it's going to drive us all to do it better. Okay. And, and I can absolutely say that the passion for the topic has shone through in the last half an hour, <laughs> Deborah Corey. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you um, for listening to Engage for Success Radio. Um, Deborah's books are available on Amazon. I think I'm right in saying, aren't I, Deborah? Yes. Great. Yes. Uh, so there's uh, all the information. We've just scratched the surface. So um, do do go there and find out more. And um, don't forget, you can download or stream any of the great shows from our Engage for Success archive at any time. Just visit engageforsuccess.org. And similarly, if you want to get involved in the movement, we're always looking for new volunteers. So do get in touch uh, at the website as well. So thank you, Deborah Corey. Uh, author of See It, Say It, Appreciate It with an exclamation mark for joining us today and thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.